Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. We are not giving in to the dictates of this world. Glory be to God, because let me tell you, the question on the floor is, why do they hate the word repent? Okay, my brethren, I would like like to take my time with this study today because what I am finding out to my shock and horror that there is a huge segment of believers who profess to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ but hate the word repent. R-E-P-E-N-T, repent. They hate it. Oh my goodness. They will think that we are judging them, that we are bashing them because we are letting them know just like our Christ and Lord has let each and every one of us know that we must repent and stop sinning okay like i said the question on the floor is why do they hate the word repent according to the word of god it is because they are worldly and they are carnal so let's start this off with proverbs 16 verse 6 be mercy excuse me by mercy and truth iniquity is purged and by the fear of the lord men depart from evil okay that's the premise of the lesson for the day the premise is that if we fear the lord well then guess what we are going to shun evil it is not hard okay it is not hard when you finally focus in on Jesus, when we look at what he did at the cross on our behalf, our Lord suffered severely going to that cross, being nailed to that cross, being mocked up there on that cross. He took all of that on, on our behalf, so that he can deal with, with the power of sin in our lives that had a stranglehold on us. Satan had a stranglehold on us. So God and all of his love and mercy sent his son, our God, the Lord Jesus Christ down to this earth to save us, not to condemn us, but to save us. He is the savior of the world so it is not hard for us to stop sinning now the believer who wants to kick and scream and throw up such a fuss in their quest of saying it is not possible for us to stop sinning why Because we are in this flesh. We are nothing but humans. And God understands that we are going to miss the mark. And so because of that mentality, they have no fear of the Lord. They have 
no fear of his wrath and of his coming judgment. And how we know that they don't fear the Lord is because they are doing everything that he opposes. Like for instance, let's just pick something out of the air. Yoga. Any believer that has and is reading their Bible, we know for a fact, and it is with absolute clarity, that God forbids us to be involved in the occult. That means all manner of sorcery, idolatry, uh, uh, paganism, you know, all of that, including yoga. We do not, we do not, absolutely not participate in yoga. And let me just say for the record, for all of you who will comment and chime in that, no, there is a such thing as holy yoga. I don't want to see another link to this testament. You are not going to convince me nor are you going to convince any other true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ that God is okay for us to deal in yoga. And their argument is that, well, yes, okay, fine. We know that God doesn't want us to deal in the occult. But when I go to yoga, I'm not summoning demons. I'm not channeling demons. I'm only there for the exercise and the meditation of my mind. My friend, you are deceived. And if no one has told you this, let me be the first one to let you know, precious, you are deceived to think that we can participate in any practice that worships Satan. It doesn't matter if you are of the mind that, well, no, I know that I'm not worshiping Satan because I'm only there for the exercise. Like I said, you have been given wrong and false information we do not practice yoga we do not uh transcend our minds to uh to be enlightened we don't we don't practice in light sources or light energies and 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 chakras and 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 get into your your inner man and and let him come forth all of this is new age all of this is witchcraft all of this is steep in paganism and idolatry because if you don't know the origin of a thing and you participate in it and you know come on now you know when you in them yoga classes and you are a Christian, and they start with all their uh, pagan chants and and focusing your mind, focusing that inner mind, that inner eye. You know you get that prick from the Holy Spirit. Come on now, but you push it away. The Bible says that uh, we suppress the truth, and the truth of what that God does not want us involved in the occult. Okay. Let me move on because this is not about yoga. This is about when we say to our brethren in love, because, you know, at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. And if we see any of our brethren in sin, the Bible tells us we need to um, exhort them about this. And gently in love to show them the error of their ways. But because they are carnal and still worldly, they are sensual. They don't want to be called out on their sin because they want to continue sinning. I don't care what they say. No, I love Jesus. I love the Lord I'm saved. Okay, well, let's see what the Bible has to say about those who uh, profess Jesus as 
their Lord and Savior, but yet they go on sinning, right? Okay, well, you know, and you would think that these self-professing Christians are sinners by the way they react when you come in love and correction about their worldly sinful lifestyle and the practices that they are steeped in sin. They are steeped in sin. And so, my friends, today is a word of caution from the word of God that if we keep on sinning, we're not going to make it, my friends. We are not going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. So, I'm like... Oh my goodness. They get all riled up. They get defensive. They holler and scream and have temper tantrums like a toddler because you're bringing the word of the Lord, which is what? Which is what is it all about? It is about repent. It is about come out of the world and it is about be ye holy. These are not our judgments against you. This is the word of God. Because you see, once we get the specks out of our own eyes, and and no, 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 no. When we get the planks, okay, them great big old log beams out of our eyes, when we when we see clearly. In the word of God that what we are doing, we are sinning. And we say, oh, you know what? Well, I'm going to stop this. I am going to repent and quit it. So when we we are now among the brethren and we say, precious, look, what you are doing is not of God. You have to stop sinning. Okay. And the first thing. These, I'm just going to say it, these imma, the immature Christian who are still worldly and carnal will scream, you are judging me. Only God can judge me. And you know what? You're absolutely right. Now, do you really, come on now, do you really want God to judge you? So watch what you are saying. And first, and first of all, Jesus never said for us not to judge. He showed us how to judge rightly. He says to first get that plank out of your eye before you can get the speck out of someone else's eye. So a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ understands this, that before we can point out anybody else's errors and sin, we need to first make sure that we walking right, that we are walking on the straight and the narrow path. And so with that being in mind, that is why Christ gives gifts to the body of Christ. And it's all for the edification of the body. And so some um, have the gift of the appointment of teacher or pastor, or preacher. But these are just roles and functions. These are not titles. However, if God has anointed you to be a teacher and you come in with his word of correction, sometimes it will come down like a hammer and just straight out rebuke. Because we cannot be like these wolves in sheep clothing standing up in God's pulpits telling the people that it's okay if you happen uh, to sin. God knows your heart. He knows that you are only human. And besides, all you have to do is just believe all of these false doctrines of once saved, always saved, uh, hyper grace a seeker friendly doing whatever it takes to make sure the sinner comes into the church when 
at the end of the day is never about wanting to save souls with these wolves. It is always about that money. And so you have misguided souls leaving out of these false churches with all of this satanic indoctrination, all of these doctrines of devils and all of these false teachings and when they and when they leave out of those buildings they are now mingling in the world and mingling with other brethren and they think that it is okay to do what they do in their sin because they believe that well I'm saved I got it good I got this in the bag I know I'm going to heaven but let's see what the word of God has to say because uh, John in his letters, his three letters spoke to us what it is to be children of the light and children of the dark. So these scriptures are going to help us to stay focused on Jesus and not on the world and certainly not on this flesh. Because before I get to those scriptures, let me just say, we cannot be in two kingdoms, my friend. We cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and drink from the cup of devils. We cannot eat at Satan's table and then eat at the Lord's table. It is not happening. That's like if you are in the United States Army and you and your fellow soldiers, your fellow comrades, y'all have this tight brotherhood and sisterhood within your unit, that when you all go out into enemy's territory, you all have each other backs. We know this to be the case. So when they find you off over in the enemy's territory, in the enemy's camp, you are a stumbling block to the rest of your unit. You are putting them in peril and in danger. How much more so when you are a soldier in the, in the army of Christ Jesus and you are all off in the world over there and back in Satan's camp with his yoga, with his weed smokers, with his fornicators and idolaters and adulterers, you over there with the swindlers and the liars and all the thieves. And all those who practice all manner of sin, you up over there in your yoga pants and your and your tight skinny jeans and your tight muscle shirts. You all over there in the kingdom of Satan saying, well, as long as I keep my focus on Jesus, as long as, as I put Jesus first, it's nothing wrong with me going to yoga. It's nothing wrong with me smoking weed because you know it's of the earth. God put it on the earth for a reason. And all of these other foolish excuses as to why you are still rolling in your sin. It cannot be done, my, my friends. And we cannot water down the gospel. We cannot water down what Jesus says about sin and hell. Because you see... It's a crime against our Lord when you have these these men and women professing to be pastors and preachers, you know, just shoveling out the dirt, all of their false teachings down our throats. But then to make matters worse, those who sit up under these wolves and God talks about how we how we will share in their punishment if we don't come out from among them. And so you have these misguided believers running rampant throughout the body, making comments on social media, talking about, I'm going to have my sin to the day I die. What? What? What do you mean you are going to have your sin until the day you die. You, my friend, are deceived and you are not of the kingdom of God. And they also say, because when you come to them with repent, my beloved, stop sinning. 
Oh, you judging me. Oh, Jesus never talked about hell. Oh, Jesus never, never talked about how, how we, we are going to sin and we can't help it. That is why we have 1 John 1, 9. That's why that we could confess our sins and come to him. Really? We are going to really have to look at 1 John 1, 9 and really get a full understanding of who that scripture was talking to and what is the meaning for it. Okay, so like I said, I have some scriptures in 1 John um, that we need to take a look at. So I'm going to be reading out of 1 John 1 and 1 John 2 and 1 John 3. Why not? Right? Why not? And I am going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. And for me, I like the New Living Translation. Actually, I like them all because... Yes, there are debates about which one is the right Bible to read and which one is more closer to the original text. You know what I say? I say, why not read them all and do compare and and contrast and, you know, until you can get the full understanding of what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us about His Word. various uh translation why not the more you know the more you grow the more if you can milk that scripture if you whatever it takes for you to get a better understanding do not let the false brethren and the atheists of the world try to say well the king james is the the better bible or the niv is is, is the better one or or the new king james or oh, let's look listen I say, why not study out of them all, right? Amen, amen. Okay, so here we go. Let's go to 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7, okay? Now, because the question, again, on the floor is, why do they hate the word repent? And it is because they are worldly and they are carnal and they are deceived to think that they can keep on sinning. And and they think that, that just because they profess that Jesus is their Savior, but they are still continuing in their sin, they are not going to make it. So let's see what John has to say. 1 John 1 verse 5 through 7, talking about living in the light. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him. Verse 6, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. You see that, my beloved, who wants to stay with their yoga appointments, who wants to stay meeting with their weed man every day, who wants to stay continuing texting and sex texting their lovers on the down low, for those who wants to continue in their lying and their stealing, God says that, okay, it's no darkness in him, right? And that we are lying if we say we have fellowship with him, but go on living in spiritual darkness. Okay, so to continue, we are not practicing the truth, verse 7. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that just flies in the face of the false brothers. We cannot stop sinning. Then you are calling Jesus a liar because he says that he cleanses us from all sin. And the implication of that and the expectation of that is that we will stop sinning. Just like he told the woman who was caught 
and adultery to go on and stop sinning after he said that she, that he will not condemn her he says okay well then i condemn you not also so go on and sin no more that's the implication that it He told the man who was lame in his feet to go on and sin no more. So don't come crying to the body of Christ and to the Lord saying, I can't help it. I can't stop sinning. No, we have to we have to not let sin reign in this mortal body. You have to do some work. So that means that no this flesh wants to do. No, that means that we have to live holy. You need to be separated from sin. No, that means absolutely not. You cannot go on sin. You are going to have to fight. Okay? You can't, we cannot be late in this walk and just, and just to throw our hands up and say, well, we're not perfect. We're going to sin. The reason why those have that mentality is because they do not want to stop sinning. Because look, let me tell you something here. Okay. If you don't want to do something, you're not going to do it. Okay. If you want to now have clean lungs, you are not going to continue to uh, smoke cigarettes. You are going to stop it. Why? Because you want to stop smoking and you want to not get lung cancer. So because of that, you are going to make it your business to stop smoking. Okay. Yes, everybody else is smoking. And yes, these manufacturers are still putting out cigarettes by the thousands each day. So what? What have you decided to do? Okay. So don't come crying to the doctor five years later when you now have stage four lung cancer. And he would tell you, well, all you had to do was stop smoking. Right. And you say, well, it's not my fault. They kept making these cigarettes. Well, when you get the lung cancer, who fault is that? When you end up being deceived, find yourself doing a lot. Well, who fault is that? Jesus says, I came in and I came in the last day in the 21st century. Go on and sin no more. So. on verse 7 so look but if we are living in the light as God is in the light then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses all from all sin so let's go over to chapter 2 of verse uh, of first John okay so now Like I said, these scriptures are going to help us so that we are no longer deceived. We are no longer being deceived and we are no longer deceiving ourselves. Again, I can't say it enough on this podcast. We cannot serve two masters. Either you want to love the one and hate the other. It's just as simple as that. You are going to have to make a decision because let me tell you, Jesus says to count the course before we follow him because you know everybody wants to get to heaven nobody wants to go to hell so somewhere along the way we heard the message about Jesus dying for our sins and all what he did so that we don't face God's wrath and that was good news glory be to God thank you Holy Spirit that was good news to us 
and so and our eagerness and enthusiasm and and for the most part our love of hearing what we just heard of course we say yes lord thank you for forgiving me of my sins i will follow you i will make you my savior and my Certain things this is not considered to be works because we know we are saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we know. But we must demonstrate fruit fruit of repentance. How are we going to know if we are truly saved if we still in our sins? How we how are we going to have that? Still, we just showing off our ambitions. We we are still uh, tripping off our own ego egos. We are believing the hype about ourselves. We are still walking around in conceit and vanity and pridefulness. But yet we think that we are safe on our way to heaven. We are deceived, my friend. So. Let's go on to what John was saying about how we should not love this world. Verse 15 of 1 John 2. Do not love this world, nor the things nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And he makes this point clear. If you love the world, you do not you do not, absolutely not, have the Father in you. You are deceived. I'm sorry to have to break it to you. But if you tune into this podcast, you are not going to hear easy breezy grace. I am not and I will not concede to this world and to the false brethren that we have to operate in all this love and we can't say nothing against anything. Absolutely not. It is love that the messenger of Jesus Christ come this way strong. He came strong. We follow after him because we know what is at stake. Let me tell you, me personally, I was a fornicator. I was an adulterer. I lied. I stole. I was deep in my sin. When I say deep, I mean deep. And I deceived myself to think that, well, I'm not murdering anybody. I'm not as bad as the next guy. What? Absolutely not, Cynthia. Are you serious? You need to be saved. You need to come up out of all of that sin. So I get it. Trust me. I get it. Yes, it is hard to not to sin, but we are going to have to make a decision once and for all. What is it going to be? The rubber has now hit the road. There's, there's, should be a clear demarcation line drawn in the sand where you and sin are concerned, okay? Our souls is on the line here and we ain't got time to be holding hands talking about you right, we are all just humans and and we, you know, and we are going to sin. So, so stop beating us up. Okay, let's see. What the Lord has to say in verse 16 of 1 John 2. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see. And the pride in our achievements and possessions. The King James says that it is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. 
and the pride of life. This is what the those who follow after the world, this is what they crave because this is what's in the world. Lusting of what you see, you just got to have it. That flesh, oh my goodness, if we talking about sin or we talking about overeating or we talking about them cigarettes and smoking that weed and we are talking about all the great achievements that we have. We are doctors. We are this professional. We are that professional. We have this great big old house. Our kids are beautiful, beautiful. I have a loving uh, spouse that I lift up on high. Come on now. These are the things in the world. These are what the pagans run after. Okay, so let's continue. These are not from the Father, but are but are from this world. World, verse seventeen. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. Yeah, like I said, that yoga, going to the clubs, going to the strip club. Yeah, all of that is going to fade away. So, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Amen. Okay, so now let's jump all the way down to verse 26 through 29 of John of, of 1 John 2. So I am writing these things to warn to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. Now, who are these people that are wanting to lead you astray? These are wolves in sheep clothing who only want your money. So they are going to apply, apply you with all this easy, breezy grace. All of this uh, once saved, always saved doctrine that, that you can keep on sinning. As long as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a safe passage to heaven. Or these false brothering brethren that's in the body of Christ talking about how you know what God understands our hearts he knows that we are nothing but of the dust and we are going to sin okay and these are those John was talking about who would lead you astray verse 27 but you my beloved I say have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Amen. Okay, so now we are going to talk about living as children of God because the children of God will not continue, and I say it again, will not continue in their sin. Why? Because out of gratitude of what our Lord did for us on our behalf, we cannot go on sinning. Why? Because God's essence his seed is living on the inside of us and we make a conscious decision that yes i will repent and i will go forth and sin no more it is your decision why because god's spirit is on the inside of us and let me tell you when when that true conversion happens it is a miracle because guess what for some reason I don't want to sin anymore. Yes, I can. And yes, okay, you know, yes, I am human. I can take on that mindset. But let me tell you, my friends, it is something about that blood and knowing what it took for our Lord to get to the place where he is now sitting there, as the Bible says, that he is sitting there at the right hand of God interceding for us for all of the centuries that it took for Jesus to come down through the annals of time to get to the point where he arrived on the scene God in the flesh he showed up the kingdom of God is showing up and 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 he walked among us so to get from all that prophecy 
to get through all that praying, to get through all those various kingdoms of the world that was set up, that finally led down the pike to Jesus, now coming on the scene. And, and we are going to have the audacity to say we can't stop sinning. Absolutely not. I say not. Jesus endured that cross because he was looking down to the year of 1968, July 7th, when this, when this teenage mother of humble beginnings gave birth to a daughter by the name of Cynthia Smalls, that one day she too will come out of her sins. He endured the cross. He set his face as flint and continue on with the Father's plan of redemption of the soul of the sinful and fallen man. And you, in 21st century, with your yoga pants on, smoking your blunts, drinking your 40s, and drinking all of that hard liquor, are going to look God in his face and say, I can't stop sinning? Absolutely not. Okay, getting back to the scripture. Living as children of God, we are now, we, we are still in 1 John 2, and we are at verse 28. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Amen. Verse 29, since we know that Christ is righteousness. We also know that all who do what is right are God's children. There it is in black and white. It says that all those who do what is right are God's children. So that flies in the face to think that if we can, we can continue in our sin and, and we are still God's children. We are deceived to think if that's the case. So now let's move on to chapter 3 of 1 John. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 10. Okay, so here we go. So, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children. Why? Because they don't know him. Verse 2, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him for we will see him as he really is. Verse 3, and all who have this eager expectation glory be to god hallelujah thank you holy spirit for this word will keep themselves pure just as he is pure so come on now come on come on off of that rationale that we can't be perfect or it's too hard to not to sin or we can help but to sin Absolutely not. Verse 3 says, And all who have this eager expectation, what eager expectation? Waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come so that we can finally shed this, this, this flesh of a body and to get our glorified bodies. We are finally, our flesh is now in complete alignment with our regenerated spirit. So we wait in eager expectation for that. So in the meantime, in between time, we will, getting back to the scripture, we will keep ourselves pure. Why? Because Christ is pure. He is holy. So we are going to keep ourselves separated from this world and be ye holy. That is the markings of a child of the light yeah 
We could sin if we wanted to, but we choose not to. Because you see, at the end of the day, it's all about a choice. You have a choice to not sin. Let me tell you something. Jesus, when he when he died and rose again, he dealt with the power of sin, meaning that sin no longer have reign and rulership over you. Now, if you want to put yourself back into bondage, then you go right on ahead with your yoga and you're smoking your weed and your cigarettes and meeting up with your boy toy at the lunch hour. You go on right on ahead because you see, if you come to this podcast, you are going to get the truth with no chaser. I'm sorry because I understand and recognize the cost that it took for my Lord to save this wretched soul of mine. Okay. So verse four, excuse me, everyone who sins is breaking God's law for all sin is contrary to the law of God. Verse five. And you know, that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Verse six, here we go. Here we go. This is the verse that clearly answer to the carnal worldly Christian who say, I cannot stop sinning. It's not possible. That's, that's, that's the terminology. There we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right. They say <clears throat> that it is not possible to stop sinning. Hmm. Really? Look, verse six says, anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. So what you mean is not possible to stop sinning? Well, this Scripture right here, this verse says that the condition is if you continue to live in him. So obviously, if you feel that it's not possible to stop sinning, then you are not in him. I hate to break it to you, precious, but you are not in him. Okay, you can say what you want to say because, thank you, Holy Spirit, he's on fire. He said that. Just like Jesus said that many will call him Lord, Lord, but they don't follow him, obey his commands. Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not prophesy in your name? You know, meaning to say, didn't we say that we are Christians? Didn't we not do all those things? Didn't we not believe that you died for our sins? And the Lord going to say to you all, Depart from me. I never known. I never knew you. Why? And why would he say that? It's because of verse six. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. Okay. And so those are the ones he knows. He knows. Are the ones he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. To continue, but anyone, here we go, here we go. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understands who he is. Because it is obviously, it is obvious that you do not know who Christ is because when he started out on his earthly ministry, the Bible, the Bible in the gospel, it says that, and henceforth, forth, that he preached, repent, and believe, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The very first, thank you, Holy Spirit, the very first sermon Jesus ever preached was repent. So obviously you don't know him because anytime someone mentions the word repent to you, your head spin around three times and you are having a fit. It says, but anyone who keeps on sin and does not know him or understand who he is. Verse seven, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, 
even as Christ is righteous. Verse 8. Here we go. Here we go. Verse 8. But when people keep on sinning, they keep up with it. They continue day after day, week after week. They keep that yoga appointment. They keep that appointment with that weed man. They keep on with that appointment at noon to meet up with their lover. Okay? Them. Them the ones that verse 8 is talking about. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil. Look. He says, don't. Don't be deceived. These people belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. They are following after their father, the devil. Look, you can say all day long that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you are continuing in your sin, not that, from you know, from time to time, you know, that you stepping out in faith and you, um, and you doing something that you know good and full well that you should not be doing, but you know, you get right back to God and be like, you know what? You right. This is a sin. And you right. I should not be doing this. You right. Your seat is in me. What in the world am I doing at this yoga class? What in the world am I doing with smoking this weed? What in the world am I doing drinking this fifth of Hennessy? Of Hennessy? What in the world am I doing smoking these cigarettes? I belong to God. I'm putting this down. But oh no, not the carnal Christian though. Oh no, not the one who want to fight for their yoga. No. Okay. Well, verse 8 says, but when people keep on sinning, it shows. That's the fruit. Look at that fruit. Holy Spirit, you right. We got to look at that fruit because you can say all day. Oh. I'm a vehicle. Why? Because you happen to be standing inside of a of a garage. You calling yourself a vehicle? Absolutely not. You are a human being. And so why? Because the fruit of looking at you, you got two arms, two legs, two eyeballs. You got a heart. You got a head. My friend, you are a human being, right? So look, it shows that they belong to the devil who's been sinning since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. And what are those works? It is sin, my friend. He came to destroy the devil's work. So why are you grieving the Holy Spirit? Why are you giving giving Lord Jesus a hard time about your sin? He came to destroy this sin. So why are you still putting it back on? Why? Because, oh, right, because you want to meditate and you want to get exercise and and you want to stretch out your limbs. No, I'm not serving demons. No, I'm just here for the relaxation of it all. Okay. All right. Okay. Verse, what I say? Verse 10. No, let me go back up to verse 9. Again, we are in 1 John 3 at verse 9. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Let me tell you, the word of God cannot be even more clearer. We don't go on sinning. We don't keep on practicing sin. If we are in Christ, we do not. We do not. Look, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's life, his seed is in them. So they can't. They can't. Let me tell you something. Okay. If God's seed is in you, if his spirit is in you, guess what? You can't keep on sinning because why because when you do sin you feel some kind of way about that trust me I know personally after I said you know that I repented and I laid down this flesh and 
the time that I sinned after that, oh, I felt horrible. I can't tell you the 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 trauma that I was in, the the heartbreakingness of it all that I'm sitting against my God. I felt some kind of way. I couldn't continue to do that again. It had to stop. It ran its course. I couldn't. And you know what else that was crazy about it all? I couldn't even enjoy it. What? What? Because before, when I was in the world, yeah, I may have felt a little twinge of guilt about doing something. But guess what? That went right out the window. And even in my early walk with Christ, when come to find out I had not fully laid down that old man, I had not fully embraced and put on the new man. So I was still sinning. Okay, maybe in my mind, I thought that it wasn't as great of a sin as when I was in the world, but I was deceived, my friend. Let me let me just give you a little background and history into my walk and my testimony. I came out of the Word of Faith movement. I was sitting up under a well-known, celebrated pastor, quote-unquote pastor, a.k.a. wolf in sheep clothing. I know what it is to be heavily indoctrinated with all manners of doctrines of devils. I know what it is to think that as long as I believe in, in Jesus, that I'm saved and that I'm good, that I have this eternal security. I, I believe that when Jesus said, because of what this wolf was telling me, that, um, that no one can pluck me out of Jesus' hand. So therefore, my eternal salvation is secured. Little, little did I know that he misinterpreted that scripture altogether. What Jesus was talking about when he was talking to his disciple, disciples about how no man can pluck them out of Jesus' hand. What he was talking about, he wasn't talking about once saved, always saved. He was not talking about, you know, that you are uh, eternally secure to go on to heaven. He was talking about the persecution that his disciples was going to now come into once he died and go to the cross. That going forward, they were going to be heavily persecuted. And so he was comforting them, comforting them to let them know that even though you're going to be persecuted, but guess what? You are going to hold firm to my teaching. You are going to hold firm to me. And because of that, no one can pluck you out of my hands. No one, because of the persecution that we all are going to follow, that uh, no one can pluck us from Jesus. Why? Because we have committed our lives in the face of persecution to stay with him. And he said, because of that, that is what give us our security because no one can pluck us from him. No one could tear us from him, but we have to continue to abide in him. Amen. Okay. And with that, I am going to let you go because I'm running out of time. So I will pick up with this teaching on my next recording. Amen. Amen. Until next time, be well. Okay, I am back. Apparently, when I'm recording a podcast, it only allows you for 60 minutes. And I noticed that I was running out of time at the 57th minute mark. And so I found out that I can also record and just link both seg segments together to make it one flowing uh, podcast. So anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. Um, I left off in 1 John 3, and I was on verse 9, okay? So, let's just pick up right where we left off. So, here we go. So, wait a minute, right, okay. So, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning, 
Why? Because God's life is in them, so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. Verse 10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Amen. And so I would like to now wrap this up. And just as a word of caution to all of the believers in the body of Christ, we cannot no longer, based on these scriptures, that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to read and to study out on your own, we cannot be of the mindset that it is not possible to stop sinning. Because if we adhere to that mentality, then we are deceived and we are not God's children and we are clearly of the devil. And like I said earlier, that is a hard pill to swallow, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It's either you are going to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ or you're not. You're either going to be saved or you're not. You're either going to be on your way to heaven or you're not. And that's just it. That is why Jesus said for us to count the cost before we make the commitment to follow him. Why? Because we are going to have to pick up our cross, lay down this sin, and follow him and go on and sin no more. That is the command of our commander in chief. We don't get to have a say about how it is not possible to stop sinning when he said it is. Okay? And by his death, burial, and resurrection, it says it is possible for us to stop sinning because he broke the power. He destroyed the power of sin in our lives because if that wasn't the case, then he died for nothing. The Holy Spirit said that it flies in the face of everything holy when you say it is not possible to stop sinning when clearly Jesus said that it was because he broke and destroyed the power of sin in our lives. Because then if not, then he died for nothing. He went through all of that heartache and, and stress and trouble being separated from the father whom he has never been separated from to come down here in the flesh to do away with this sin, to take off that burden of yoke off of us, to take on his burden, take on, on his yoke, which is easy and his burden is light for us to sit up here and our yoga pants talking about how it's not possible to stop sinning. God have mercy on us all. Let us all remember what Jesus has done for us. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. So, and and in gratitude for that and all humbleness, we will stop sinning. And and if we choose to go on and sin, then we have to look at some things. We are not of Christ. We are not of the Father. And we are not of the light. We are not. We can't be. We cannot. Let me tell you. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You can't want to dibble and dabble over in Satan camp. And think that you can come back over here and into a God's army and think that everything is going to be good and that no one's going to say nothing to you and and we don't have the right to say anything amongst our brethren this is the body of christ we are to each one teach one that is why he says not to forsake the the assembling of one another it wasn't you know what these wolves tell us that, you know, that we have to come to church or that we have to be members um, of a brick and mortar church. No, 
The reason why Jesus says that we should not forsake the assembling of one another is because so that we could encourage one another to exhort one another so so that we don't fall back in sin. Why? Because birds of a feather in this body, we flock together. We know what it was that it took for the Lord Jesus Christ to get us up out of our sins. That's why we come together so that we can sharpen each other's irons so that if it, if it needs rebuking, we do that. If it needs correction, we do that. If it, if it needs encouragement, we do that too. We do it all. But what we're not going to do is fly in the face of our master and say that it's not possible to stop sinning when he said that it was. Because the implication to the woman caught in adultery, the implication to the man who was lame in his feet and Jesus healed him, the implication was to go on and, and sin no more. So it is possible. Jesus is not going to tell us to do something if it was not possible. Because you see, Satan does that. Satan tells you that you can smoke all the weed you want, that you can go to all the yoga classes you want, that you can meet up with your lover anytime you want, that you can go on smoking them cigarettes, going to the club, cussing and fussing and turning up. You can do all of that and you can still get to heaven. That is a lie, my friend. We either in Christ or we not. And with that, I'm going to let you all go repent and stop sinning. Come on now, we can do this. Jesus is looking for a bride who is wrinkled and spot free. You can't be spot free when you're smelling like smoke. Come on now. Okay, until next time, Lord willing, I'll talk to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye